Memories on corners with the foes in the moles. Run to the store for the rose, talking straight forward to hoes. Got uncles that smoke and some would blow up their nose to cope with their lows. The wind is cold and it blows. In they socks and they soles, niggas holding they rolls. Corners leave souls open to close, hoping for more with nowhere to go. Niggas rolling in droves, they shoot the wrong way cause they ain't knowing they go. The streets ain't safe cause they ain't knowing the cold. By the foes, I was told either focus or fold. Got cousins with flows, hope they open some doors So we can cop clothes and roll in the rolls Now I roll in the O's with windows that don't roll Down the roads with cars get broken and stole These are the stories told by Stony and Cottage Grove The world is cold, the block is hot as a stove On the corners I wish I could keep this feeling I wish I could keep this feeling Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh All the corners niggas robbing, killing, dying just to make a living We all was stunning we underrated, we educated. The corner was our time when time stood still and gators and snakeskins and yellow and pink and powder blue profiles glorifying their street lights and deep nights. Cats trying to eat right, riding no seat bikes with work to feet heights so they can keep sweet nights. They head in their feet right. Desires of street life, cars and weed types. It's hard to breathe nights. Days are thief like the beasts roam the streets. The police is Greek like. Game at its peak, we speak and believe hype. Bang in the streets, hats cock left a deep right. It's steep life, coming up with niggas and sheep life. Rappers and hoopers, we strive to be like. G's with three stripes, C's that need like. G's and we sight, needs and these strikes. The corner, we struggle and greed fight. We write songs about wrong, cause it's hard to see right. Look to the sky, hoping it will bleed like. Reality's a bitch, and I heard that she bites. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Uh uh, uh uh, uh. All the corners, niggas robbing, killing, dying just to make a living. Uh, uh. The corner was our magic, our music, our politics. Fires raised as tribal dancers and war cries broke out on different quarters. Power to the people, black power, black is beautiful. Life to serve. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Uh uh. Now that's a beautiful way to start an episode, isn't it? <laughs> Everyone, welcome. This is 6 in the morning, episode 35. And uh, this one's a special episode, and we're calling it the Power Moves episode. Oh, my God. Street Fighter's in the house as well. Welcome, everybody, from African American Studies 181 class, Hip Hop in Urban America. Um, we hear it's an amazing class with an amazing professor by the name of Dr. Halifu Osumare. Ooh, where's this class at? Oh, man, this is a UC Davis. Woo! Go Aggies. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Aggies are in the house. Who else is in the house? Who else? Rafael, like you have any other choice? <laughs> <laughs> and this is Luis. Um, but Dr. Osumare, would you like to introduce yourself? I'm uh, Halifu Osumare. I'm professor of African-American and African studies at University of California, Davis. And I teach a course um, called Hip Hop in Urban America. 
And thank you, Dr. Somari, for giving us this opportunity. In fact, uh, uh, this episode corresponds with this week's readings, which is very uh, specific to community and alternative organizing through hip-hop. And uh, we personally feel, obviously, that podcasting is an important form of organizing through hip-hop within an alternative means. And so, given that, uh, we started off strongly this episode with a remix version of Commons The Corner. Yes, sir. That's a, that's a dope song right there. It's uh, The original beat is made by Kanye. I think y'all out there know who Kanye is, but Easy. this one's remixed by Katranata, a pretty well-known uh, producer uh, who's uh, made his way, uh, made, made his rounds in recently with his music. Um, this is from the album B from 2005, but um, Common has is beyond music, as you know. Um, he's an actor, um, activist, activist. He he very much speaks about the Black Lives Matters movement. He uh, he's definitely someone who uh, takes uh, hip hop and transcends its spaces and really adds to the conversation in ways that uh, in the past one normally wouldn't see. Really takes the responsibility on, that he has been placed that has been placed on his shoulders uh, very seriously and helps move the conversation forward. So with that, uh, the format for this episode is going to be some various questions that some of your uh, fellow classmates and Dr. Sumari herself will be answering uh, throughout uh, the episode and, of course, with music that's real specific to the readings of this week from uh, Bakari Ketuana and also some music that we feel that very much goes with uh, the theme of, of this week. Yes, so sir. with that, um, we'll start off with a question asked to Dr. Osumare. The question is, number one, how has hip-hop impacted your daily life? Well, I think it's impacted me generationally because I'm not of the hip-hop generation. I'm really uh, of the baby boomer generation. And uh, I came into this um, kind of um, through the back door by realizing that hip-hop was really beginning to inform all of American society. I grew up in San Francisco and then moved to Oakland as an adult. So I was aware of the influence of Tupac, of um, Spice One, of um, Too Short in the Oakland area, and uh, in, in, in my uh, sphere of uh, culture, you know, I, I really wasn't feeling it. And um, I, I was into Whitney Houston and uh, Luther Vandross and, you know, my generation of R&B music. And it wasn't until I went to um, Hawaii in 1994 and realized that it was also influenced uh, the youth in, uh, out in the middle of the Pacific in Hawaii. And I lived in a rural area, not even in urban Honolulu. And, and I saw the kids in my, my nearby high school where I lived in the village of Pahoa, Hawaii, and they were acting just like the youth in, um, in Oakland and, and listening to a lot of the same music. And I realized, well, you know, this is really a phenomenon going on and I should really check into it. Uh, additionally, I was um, uh, always been involved with black popular culture, um, looking at the relationship between the dance and the music and the history and how much the uh, music and the dance, which uh, I'm a former dancer choreographer, was informed by our history, 
in involved with um, uh, uh, oppression, resistance, and celebration. And so um, I decided that I would look into hip hop as a part of that historical continuum. And um, uh, all I can say is that the the rest has been my career development because I got deep into it. I got some young people to put together mixtapes for me and give me a crash course in the history of hip hop music. And then I uh, followed through with the dance and began to read up on many of the um, of the developing scholarships um, that was going on in uh, hip hop, including um, Trisha Rose's Black Noise, published in 1994, the first academic book on hip hop in um, in uh, in New York. And um, so from there, I have. Um, become a hip-hop scholar. Um, I am much more aware of the younger generation and what the youth are saying and how it has shaped our very lives and how much hip-hop has inserted itself into um, all of American culture from uh, economics to the streets. Uh, and and uh, I have two books on it now. So it has definitely shaped my whole life and the way I perceive the world now. And I'm much more connected to um, the millennial generation through hip hop. My name is Danielle Soba, and I'm a third year at UC Davis. My major is International Relations with a minor in African American Studies.
hip-hop has always been in my life since I was young. Uh, I had an older brother and older sister, so they listened to it a lot. Um, Growing up in a suburban area, a lot of um, my fellow students, my fellow friends, like my different friends would listen to it, and it was just like a normal thing. since it is a counterculture, so a lot of I know a lot of people would just listen to it because it cussed or because it, it was the cool thing. Um, but I don't think anybody really listened to what it was saying, uh, what like a lot of the hip hop songs were saying. Um, and I feel like as being a, a black woman growing up in these like mostly white dominated areas, it was very imposed on me. Uh, like in the sense of like, oh, you're black, so you automatically listen to hip hop. So I think that as I grew up, I kept like listening to it because I thought that was the thing that I needed to do since I was black, you know, listening to other genres, which I of course did. Um, But I felt like, oh, I had to listen to hip hop because I'm black. And that's the thing that it seemed like I needed to do. Um, But also the sense that like I related to hip hop when you when they talked about different things, when they talk about like race or gender or you know, being a black woman in America, like, those are the things that I, I listen to because I can understand, you know, like, growing up, you know, I didn't have to really listen to about, like, in the sense of, like, love and stuff, like, I love, it was cool, but that's, that's not really my reality at that time, but, you know, being, like, race, that I could understand that even in the area, even when I didn't understand race, I could understand the music, and so I related it, related it to hip-hop, so, but then at the same time, I feel like it was imposed on me, so I felt like I had to listen to it to be black, um, but in that sense, too, it was, like, as we see, like, time goes on, hip-hop is becoming more commercialized, and we see it everywhere, we see it in commercials, movies, TV, so it's like, hip-hop is literally everywhere that you, it's hard to grow up without seeing it or being impacted by it in some way. My name is Eddie, and I'm a third-year Chicano and Chicana Studies major. Hip-hop has impacted my life uh, in so many ways because uh, as a person who who doesn't really speak to people about his problems, I, I, I tend to, to let the music just heal me, you know? I, I try to connect to, to what I feel like is going on in my life, you know. Um, there's some things that I just can't express or I can't tell anybody, so I let I let the music just take over, you know. And uh, I, th- I think hip hop has also impacted me because it 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 makes me think, you know. It uh, there's a lot of wordplay in it, so I I pay a lot of attention, you know. I catch things that that, that these artists say. And I question them, you know. I do research, so I feel like they're kind of, of, of uh, it's kind of teaching us, uh, you know. Uh, it's teaching us other experiences. It, it, it's teaching us history. It's teaching us a lot of a lot of things, you know. Um, and it's something that I really appreciate because it opens my eyes to talent, to to knowledge that I that I. I had, I've never, you know, known, and, and mostly, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's just, it expresses myself, you know, it expresses who I am.
I stood for a moment in the darkness. Then I saw the glowing cigarette. I snapped on the light. Well, I guess words aren't always important. Well, do we have to sit here and stare at each other? Okay, I can't sing. I can't. She sat up, smoothing her dress down with one hand and holding a gun in the other. Uh, there was a man who got a stadium, a man who got a forum, a field, an auditorium, and one who got none. A man who got riches, the bitches, glamour, the blitz, the ritz, fits, the roxy, and a god who got none. I once knew a man who couldn't afford Japan, his land, his perfect future, his promise, even his son. All he wanted was his home, his family, transportation, a weekend, maybe vacation from slaving to make his own. His hill was built in the 50s, and now it's covered like the sunken pyramids that the King Doja once called his home. I do belong. In my skin, then again it's just flesh. I'm 29. I can't wait to see my daughter make a mess. Hey yo. Beautiful production right there. Who is that? That is LaRange. LaRange. LaRange has been a popular um, producer within our podcast recently. Yes, sir. Mellow Music. That's right. This one's featuring Blue, a local artist here from Los Angeles. Uh, name of the song is called Alone. The name of the album is called The Mad Rider from 2012. LaRange is definitely doing uh, uh, his thing with uh, various songs, with various MCs uh, lately. So uh, big ups to, what is he from? Nashville? Tennessee. Is it Tennessee? Tennessee, yeah. <laughs> and before that, uh, we played some Too Short. Some Too Short. The, the good doc brought it, brought it up and uh, we had a laser with it. That's right. And we actually played the sample uh, from uh, the man himself, Donnie Hathaway. Um, Donnie Hathaway has a song called The Ghetto. Um, and the album is called Everything is Everything from 1970. But the Too Short, The Ghetto is a classic hip-hop song. And it feels like Oakland, for whatever reason, that beat is like, man, it's just strong. Yes, sir. And um, that is from the album The Short Dogs in the House from 1990. And from there, we're going to move on to question number two. Do you believe that hip-hop culture has played a role in national causes as the Black Lives Matter movement? Or it can play a role in the presidential race that we currently have here in 2016? If so, how? Can it impact possible youth voters, particularly of color? So we will start off by asking Dr. Osumari what she thinks. Well, it's obvious that um, hip-hop has always been involved with social movements and, and, and making social statements particularly in the 80s, late 80s, going into the early 90s, what uh, what people oftentimes call as the golden age of, of hip-hop, um, when we experienced such a, um, a heavy e- e- epidemic of crack cocaine in, in the um, uh, Black and Latino communities throughout the uh, United States. We had um, people like KRS-One stepping up uh, to the to the plate and 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 creating movements like um, stop the violence. Uh, there's been so many different kinds of movements that have uh, developed out of out of hip hop. So um, I, I remember a jazz musician, a drummer, who uh, is 
was a little bit older than me. And when uh, he began to hear about um, hip hop, he began to say that hip hop was revolutionary because it didn't live just in the world of, of music, but it lived in the world. And so it always has been um, using its, its, its art to make statements about its context. And so uh, I think that we have seen that not only in, in those early movements like um, Stop the Violence, but in more um, recent times with uh, hip hop artists getting involved with the uh, Rock the Vote movement and uh, influencing the uh, election of Barack Obama. We see today Killer Mike becoming a, a surrogate, a direct surrogate for Bernie Sanders um, and, and actually campaigning for him. We, we see uh, larger organizations that um, have annual conventions that are trying to organize hip hop uh, artists and young people um, into um, a kind of economic and entrepreneurial um, uh, uh, enclaves, as well as organizing them into uh, political blocks. Uh, so th these are just a few of the um, of the kinds of movements that have developed that that have taken hip hop beyond just you know nodding your head to the music and um, the uh, the kind of materialism that um, the corporate music industry has turned um, rap music into. And so I think there's always been this parallel. Uh, movement, social movements that have been developing to try to organize the power and the potential um, uh, 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 social movement of hip hop by its practitioners themselves. And um, that is still going on today with um, the Black Lives Matter movement and particular, even commercial artists who have gotten together and created particular songs to make a, a statement um, a, about these various um, uh, atrocities that are going on with uh, police brutality and the killing of unarmed black men. So that when um, the Ferguson um, tragedy happened with Michael Brown, um, commercial artists like The Game and, 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 and Dr. Dre and Diddy and 50 Cents even and Pusha T and Two, Two Chains all got together and made this major uh, statement called Don't Shoot. So um, it's not just those um, who are, uh, that we think of as politically conscious that are doing this, but also uh, the, the situation has gotten so bad in this country that that uh, the people that we perceive as our uh, the commercial artists who don't seem to be socially conscious are even having to make a statement because they're black men just like the ones who are being killed. Yeah, man, so I start looking out the window. I see gun store, gun store, liquor store, gun store. Where the fuck are you taking me? Yeah, man, OG shit right here, man, yeah. We about to twist it up. We about to lift it up. We never giving up. For starting salary. It's hard reality. Hi, my name's Sam Newton. I'm 22 years old from Claremont, California, 
and I am a senior here at UC Davis studying cinema and digital media. Do I believe hip-hop culture has played a role in national causes such as Black Lives Matter movement or can play a role in the presidential race of 2016? Absolutely. I mean, hip-hop can reach so many different people and can have an impact on so many different lives, uh, especially in today's day and age, that with the, the power that some of these artists have with their reach, it's kind of socially irresponsible for them not to take a stand when there's people like Donald Trump running for president that are standing up there verbally harassing minorities and getting away with it. I personally think that's ridiculous and uh, hip-hop kind of offers an outlet for people to speak up. Those who normally wouldn't have a voice, those who were raised on the streets, those who have gone through the issues that a major candidate might not have gone through, um, really can use their voice to reach so many different people politically and socially and transform lives. I mean, a couple examples already are just Beyonce's Super Bowl performance, for one, and Kendrick's Grammy's performance. Uh, both of those just were so powerful in terms of opening a dialogue, getting people to talk. Some people were mad, some people were empowered, and whatever your view was on either of the performances, one thing no one can deny was that it made people talk about uh, black lives and and their relation with America and uh, how how black people and African Americans in the United States have really played such a vital role in creating this country and have been swept under the rug for centuries and these performances just kind of state the obvious that that black culture and movements such as Black Lives Matter are as important as any other political issue at this time and it really creates a sense of empowerment for youth and college students and young people everywhere because there are people speaking on the issues that we actually truly care about and hopefully the presidential candidates that are running will reflect those same ideals i'm yelling mr kanye west for president he probably let me get some head inside the residence i'm in the white house going all out bumping college dropout god bless americans nothing more influential than rap music i merge jazz fusion with the trap music i mix black soul with some rock and roll so uh, my name is emma hutner and I'm a design major at UC Davis. And um, the type of design I'm specifically interested in is exhibition design. So designing for museums and um, also creating spaces uh, that are exhibits that might not normally be an exhibit. And then um, what I was gonna say about that one, that same question about um, just hip hop culture, uh, I think that it's kind of um, a social responsibility of major people in hip-hop to um, speak on certain issues and start dialogues about political, cultural, racial issues 
um, because we are learning in class about um, an aspect of the Africanist aesthetic, which is called nomo, and it's the power of the word. And that's like in African tribes, it was the ability to spit the truth and um, really put emphasis on improvisation and adapting uh, yourself and what you had to say to the ever-changing world. And uh, there's a quote from Ice Cube that says, 400 years ago when black slaves were brought to America, Africans who spoke the same language were separated from each other. And so that was, um, that was because being able to communicate was seen as threatening to um to the you know to the white people and so um and if people were able to talk to each other they could come together in opposition and so um i still think that that power of the word is um important in rap today and i think that the mc is still has to carry you know that power that power of the word that nomo um and an mc or a rapper is endowed with these tools to create messages for themselves, for their community. And the thing is, is that they have the resources to distribute the message, um, whether it's to their, like their hood, you know, or their state or their country or the world. Um, so they, I think they have a huge social responsibility because they have the ability to provoke thought and start conversations about issues and tell stories of people that might not be heard otherwise. years ago, I would have been in shackles. Damn. This is the story of a young black girl trying to drive the cemetery in the overpack Can't figure this 
but they'll be kicking me out. My landlord ain't hearing me out. I'm on my own, about time though. I used to get on mama's last nerves. I ain't trying to rap burgers, mama. I'm trying to rap birds. I ain't trying to get murdered. I ain't trying to stack purse. I ain't trying to grab your ass, girl. I'm trying to grab hers. Oops, sorry, got sidetracked. Let me get to my rap. Let me show you devils where my mind's at. Rewind that. Let me show you devils where my mind's at. Since I'm black, I either go to jail, cemetery, or to Iraq. Hmm, I don't buy that. You package it, they try that. The same old circle in the hood, turn it right back. Flip it around, you wouldn't want that hell. But that's the story of a young black male you sell. Oh well. You know what? That song speaks uh, so much to 2016. <laughs> What's been in the news, um, particularly to issues related to Black Lives Matter, but the daily realities of being black and uh, living in uh, society. <laughs> yes, sir. And uh, that particular song is from Pac Div uh, called Young Black Male, produced by Swift D. Uh, name of the mixtape is called Church League Champions. It's a great title. From uh, 2009, um, people that packed it—they're—they're they're a great group. Uh, I think they broke up already, though, but they have great material, and um, so we wish them luck as they continue on to sort of develop as solo artists. Um, but before that, we heard snippets of a couple of songs. Yes, sir. Uh, of course, uh, knowing Raphael, and if you know Raphael well enough, we would be hearing some Kendrick Lamar. Uh, this one is a flip from a J. Cole song, "Tale of Two Cities," uh, produced by Vinyls. Uh, J. Cole's uh, 2014 Forest Hills Drive, um, but the flip was where Kendrick Lamar played a J. Cole song, played over a J. Cole song, and J. Cole played over a Kendrick song. Yes, sir. And uh, that one came out, what, last year, correct? Yeah, so it's a teaser for so the supposed uh, joint album that's going to come out together. So uh, as, uh, if you would hear our podcast enough, you would know how much big fans we are of Kendrick Lamar's music. I um, think he's a revolutionary in many different ways. Uh, well-deserved Grammys that he won, uh, but he necessarily doesn't need Grammys to prove it to us. He don't. He's got the key to Compton. <laughs> yes, the key to Compton. He is the mayor of Compton, beyond just one day in our book. Um, and before that, we played a snippet of Talib Kweli's uh, song called Every Ghetto. Um, this one features Rhapsody. Um, it's produced by High Tech. It's, uh, the album's called Indie 500. It's a great song. You could actually download for free online. I believe you could still get it online. Um, but what can you say? Talib Kweli's been in the game for a long time. Been a very conscious rapper. Um, been doing his thing um, through Black Star, aka with Most Def, and now has been a solo artist for a long time. Very active on Twitter, commenting on everything that's going on with society and everything that we see. So, big, lots of love to Mr. Talib Kweli. Lots of love, and lots of love also to, again, Miss uh, Osumare, and also to students Emma and Sam, uh, your classmates, for uh, going in and, and, and answering that question that we provided. But from there, we're going to move on to question three. Question three, and the question is, what causes can hip-hop potentially build a grassroots movement around today? Um, hip-hop can build grassroots movements around anything that's really pertaining to the youth right now. So, since hip-hop has always been a youth culture, it, it always made sure to talk about things that are pertaining to the youth. Like, so, br police brutality or Black Lives Matter, it can build on that on that movement by you know different artists talking about whether it's their experiences or talking about what's happening and being like you know speaking out against it because then people are going to be like okay you know what like j cole's talking about it like i need to start discussing this i need to start figuring this out or macklemore's new song that he had out with white privilege you know it's sad that 
you know, the white community might have to hear from Macklemore to believe it, to believe white privilege. But if that's just the case, then it's great that Macklemore is coming out with the song to to talk about it, you know, to, to say, hey, like, y'all, we need to recognize our privilege. And he's singing about that. And you know what? The white majority of the white community listens to Macklemore, respects Macklemore. You know, he can use that as a, you know, he can use his music as a grassroots movement to talk about those issues about white privilege or race in that sense other youth problems can be like class like you know a lot of these problems have been something that started when it was a lot of these problems that pertain to the youth back in the 80s are still pertaining to the youth now you know when it comes to race class police brutality other things can be like college uh debt education anything that's just anything that is anything that's an issue within the youth culture the youth um, community hip-hop music can really do any type of grass mo- grassroot movement around all's my life i has to fight nigga all's my life i hard times like yeah bad trips like yeah nazareth i'm fucked up homie you fucked up but if god got us then we gon' be all right can help build a grassroots movement around. Um, I definitely think issues of human sexuality, that's a big deal. Um, and it's something that, especially as college students, uh, we've, and as college students in California, um, we have a lot of programming and stuff that to like, you know, really inform us about human sexuality and the different communities and how to be inclusive and stuff like that. And in our class, we've learned a lot about um, like queer and homophobic stuff in rap. So I think that they definitely, like, hip-hop has the ability to turn it around and make it a positive thing. Um, or make it something that's just not so negative and uh, used, like, appropriated for its <laughs> lyrical content. Um, I also think that it can be used to combat poverty because um, I'm in an English class right now, actually, and we read a book called uh, Fist Stick Knife Gun <laughs> by... Uh, okay. And I think it's Jeffrey Canada, and it's um, it's a book about uh, male masculinity in America and violence. And he is writing it um, from his point of view, and he grew up in uh, the Bronx. And um, something that we have learned from reading the book is that poverty feeds like feeds into violence, and violence feeds off of poverty. So I think that it. Um, is really important to have a movement to drive poverty out of America, not just out of third world countries and stuff like that. Um, there's poverty in our own in our own backyard, and a lot of other social and political issues. Uh, you know, they could they they could be eased by trying to combat poverty in areas that that maybe aren't getting enough attention. People who live in more impoverished areas feel that they have to defend something and therefore are more violent. That's what this book said. So um, I think that that's really important to think about. And think about the messages that are in hip-hop about violence and using violence. 
when most hip-hop artists are not violent people. Fake dub, no love, you get the slug, CB4, gusto, your luck low, I didn't know till I was drunk though, you freak niggas played out, get fucked and ate out, prostitute turned bitch, I got the gauge out, 96 ways I made out, Montana way, the good F-E-L-L-A, verbal AK spray, dip detach you, jump out the range, empty out the ashtray, a glass of Zay, making mad cashes, clay, red dot plots, murder schemes, 32 shotguns, regulate with my thun, 17 rocks, gleam for one ring, they let me let y'all niggas know one thing, one life, one love, so there can only be one king. The highlights of living, Vegas style, roll dice and linen, and terror spinning on millenniums. 20 G bets, I'm winning them, threats, I'm sending them. Lex with TV sets, the minimum. Ill sex, adrenaline, party with villains. A case of demisec to chase the henny, wet any click. With the semi tech, who want it? Diamonds, I'm flaunting. Chicken heads, flock, I lace them. Fried royal with basil, taste them. Cracking legs, way out of formation. It's horizontal how I have them. Fucking me in the Benz wagon. Can it be vanity from Last Dragon? Grab your gun, it's on though. Shit is grimy. Real niggas bucking broad daylight. With the broke Mac, it won't spray right. Don't give a fuck who they hit. As long as the drama's lit. Yo, overnight thugs bug, cause they ain't promise shit. Hungry ass hooligans, stay on that piranha shit. Well, um, uh, I like to uh, to look at um, the journalist and writer uh, uh, Bakari Kitwana, who we're, we're reading one of his um, one of his texts that he wrote. He he's the author of the Hip Hop Generation, and he, he he was one of the first authors who began to uh, look at uh, how we could begin to create what he calls a united front, a real um, strong, um, conscious, and, and, and politically minded movement out of this powerful force that we culturally call hip hop. And um, so in his, um, in his article that he, that he uh, wrote, that in, uh, by the way, if you're, uh, the people who are who are listening to this podcast, um, I'm hoping that they will get this major anthology called That's the Joint um, that's edited by um, yeah, Mark Anthony Neal and, um, and Foreman. Uh, and, and so Bakari Kitwana has a, uh, has a chapter in there called The Challenge of Rap Music from Cultural Movement to Political Power. And he talks about developing a united front um, that would uh, help to create a political power movement behind this uh, the the culture of hip hop coming out of the the community, and he has four major points, and I and I like to turn to that, and we're going to be discussing that in uh, my in in my course. And one of the first points is that um, in order to create a united front, there has to be um, a kind of coming together of of contemporary rap artists, industry insiders. So he's not leaving those out. Since hip hop has become a commercial industry, we can also use that as a part of the united front. But uh, it obviously, it would have to be those who really want to see 
the potential of of uh, the power that the industry has created around the music to actually uh, help to change the conditions on the street uh, in, in the in the communities. And so the industry insiders, uh, hip hop generation activists, and also, and he really wants to keep this involved, the everyday street kids on the streets, he wants to have them as a part of this, this block. And that getting all of those different kinds of constituencies together would help to create a united front to deal with some of the issues that are plaguing our community and that would also allow them to become a powerhouse to, to confront the powers that be. Because the only way that a lot of these conditions are going to change and, and the inequalities are going to change is that there is organized movement that is able to negotiate and sit down and, 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 and create some kind of, um, of a movement past what is happening right now. So that's one of the things is, is getting all those different, in, uh, different constituencies together to sit down and come up with a, a common goal. And um, and also he mentions the fact uh, the the issues around race is that um, just like Malcolm X said um, that a lot of this has to be done by by black people themselves, but um, those people outside of the black community, uh, conscious whites, Asians, um, should be able to. Um, work together in a parallel way and and to um, uh, also find ways of helping to change um, the the current situation especially in terms of the the economic exploitation of the uh, by the industry the music industry of the artists themselves so that's another kind of point that he brings up that would, would create a united front that um, uh, conscious whites should be working as a group to uh, really help aid uh, and change some of these uh, these uh, uh, situations in in black and Latino communities and in um, the exploitation of those uh, of that raw talent coming out of those those communities by the industry. won't beat you you can't eat the food because the food might eat you water's been infected borders ain't for protection border health inspections are bought like elections weather isn't natural presidents are actual both sides put on a show you voting and they laugh at you these are just a couple of facts i thought i'd throw at you hospitals are horrible the system's unhealthy care and courtesy do not exist if you ain't wealthy the ghetto is a cesspool corner stores sell death people hate each other because the tv make them hate self the news don't make sense the rules don't make sense even when you dead in Buried still gotta pay rent Cemeteries filled up The morgue just got a fresh one Coroners are talking sports Waiting for the next one I'll tell you this for certain This shit is not working Cause while all of this is happening Your favorite rapper is twerking it Ghetto life is a
Wow, that sounds such appropriate for this episode. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Ready C featuring Shabam Shadik. Um, Shabam Shadik's known for the raucous era back in the mid-90s. Uh, News at 11 is the name of the song. Order 66 is the name of the album. It came out last year. It's a great find, uh, as I mentioned, for this particular podcast episode. But before that, we played a snippet of Nas. Nas. Can we talk about hip-hop and not talk about Nas? That'll be weird. Yes. It'll be particularly weird. Uh, the name of the song is called The Message, produced by Trackmasters Polk and Tone. It's uh, from the album it was written uh, from 1996. Uh, we'd like to thank Danielle and Emma, particularly the students, who for answering the questions that we were provided, we provided for um, this episode. But we're going to go straight into question number four. And that is, what are some challenges that hip-hop culture faces or and or still faces as a movement? In hip-hop, we all know, we, we use that term power moves a lot. We uh, the uh, a, a, An MC, if, if they're doing a freestyle battle, will we'll, we'll do a power move on, on the mic. Uh, a um, a b-boy or b-girl will 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 throw down a power move in in the, the cypher circle um and i've used that term like extracting it from the actual art forms and aesthetics and elements of hip-hop to what what the whole culture has done to our uh to the, our society and the world hip-hop has definitely created a power move on the world itself that, that very um, idea of becoming, uh, creating a power move where you become a part of the, the system itself is part of the problem. You know, I mean, th that's the complexity of the situation because um, the, way, um, um, the way capitalism works is that it, it doesn't always um, just uh, um, uh, resist or uh, put down new elements that come to challenge it as as uh, street art did but it actually after if, if it's like the the idea if you can't if you can't beat it you actually incorporate it co-opt it and and make it a part of something that you can manipulate and that's exactly what has happened to um, hip-hop particularly rap music because that has become the signature art form of the this uh, this Greek culture that has many elements to it and um, now we have what many um, uh, 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 thinkers hip-hop um, thinkers are, are, are saying is the hip-hop industrial complex just like the prison industrial complex so it has um, imploded upon itself and has become, um, to a great degree, a part of the system and a part of the materialism of, of uh, American capitalism. Uh, and so uh, those are the challenges. And how do you keep the power of the art and the transformative um, pow uh, put, uh, power moves potential of the art yet not have it be co-opted and 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 becoming a part of the problem where he came up at 
it was like kill or die People with guns packed, living that iller life Where poverty was rampant, bloody murder in the night And people striving, some with others wouldn't win the fight But see this one dude, lived on the other side Of town, a big house, father and mother tried To give him everything he wanted, things that others tried To have him wanted to obtain, they taught the brother ride From all around then, crack epidemic hit The brother selling drugs is who the ladies kicked it with It seems they had the most respect as well as dividends He got out of going to school so he could get it in Hip-hop culture faces many challenges. Um, one that's always been present since the beginning of hip-hop has been uh, the resistance from white majority, um, especially white upper class. Or, I mean, if we're talking about class in the sense, we can we can say as with like upper class have really resisted hip-hop um, in general, white and black. Uh, this respectability policy that like oh you gotta have like hip-hop doesn't hold to these western standards of respectability so a lot of um, uh, a lot of times hip-hop is dismissed because of that um, uh, I mean when it comes to hip-hop you know it's, we really praise it for being political and talking about race and class and stuff but it, it's still you know we don't talk about the like homophobia transphobia that's really present in hip-hop culture? I think hip-hop faces some challenges um, as in you know there's there's a lot of people that bite each other's style uh, I think that's a problem that people aren't being original uh, people like to to follow the trends and that makes them not as aware and it makes them kind of fall into that capitalistic mantle uh, of you know like oh yeah I'm gonna be a rapper I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna basically rap about what they want me to rap because I'm gonna get this money you know I'm going for that record deal um, I feel like that's a challenge you know a lot of youth wanting wanting to actually make hip-hop a business and forgetting the actual history of it and how it started and what it really meant. I feel like that is a, a huge challenge. Um, another challenge I feel like that the hip hop culture faces is uh, not enough uh, Latino rappers, you know, they're, they're really, it's a challenge to the hip hop culture because back then in the East Coast, there was a lot of, uh, you know, there, there was more Latino rappers being included, and I feel like uh, nowadays they're they're more, you know, they're they're secluded. They they really don't have uh, much opportunity to make it big. I mean, the commercialization of hip hop really kind of destroyed the original movement. Uh, the monetization of the music industry really kind of took away from that meaning and that heart and that soul in some kind of ways or in some ways and really just made it about making money and going after women and driving fast cars and doing drugs and that's not how it started and that's not how a lot of the originators of hip-hop wanted wanted hip-hop that's not the direction that they wanted hip-hop to go in the beauty of today is that we have the internet and we understand that these poetic hip-hop artists never went anywhere. It was just 
during the the late 80s, early not all through the 90s, early 2000s when hip hop was kind of controlled by the music industry when all we we would hear is just music that the music industry decided to decided to make popular literally whatever they wanted you to hear you heard it and today with the internet it's nice because someone who has something to say that's meaningful or poetic he doesn't need to go he or she doesn't need to go through the music industry to reach people to get people to follow their fan base um, to follow what they have to hear they really just just need to have a microphone and a computer and they can share their words with the world and expand quickly it's it's a beautiful thing this one's for america our beautiful home well it's your beautiful home Feels like I'm not even water here. You know what that feels like? Probably not. Another black body on the ground. Hit the police sirens. They squeeze iron out of fear. They never cease firing. It's like murdering black men became a requirement. We see it frequently happening. That's why we riding it. These liars mentally require rewiring. Once huggers from trees preaching, we don't need violence. Bring the violence. You paranoid how brothers respond. Check your history. The Maverick's got blood on his paws. When you were raised around crime, you gon' react when someone's gonna blast you. Of course you're gonna get nervous with guns pointed at you. I just System suffers major flaws. I mean, who died and made you go? What gives you the right to decide on my lifespan because you feel threatened? And threats of only words if I'm standing without a weapon. You were trained to restrain me in the physical encounter. Instead, you'd rather kill and strike a prison pose around us. Yet you scream that black youth are never listening. You did. See, that boy was only 12. You put a pistol to his wing. Put a bullet in his skull. Bullets riddling his ribs. But the law says I can't physically discipline my kids. Or label me a bad parent who doesn't display. Patience. You kill our babies and receive a paid vacation We don't believe in your system, too many wrong verdicts Ain't it a shame we get blamed for our own murders Black bodies on the ground, lady lifeless and cold Our death is justified, so my story's untold It's a fight for our life and the rights that we owe Maybe it's because we can't be controlled All I see is brown bodies on the ground, lady lifeless and cold Our death is justified, so my story's untold It's a fight for our life and the rights that we owe Maybe it's because we can't be how can you respect the people who you have mistreated worse than dogs for 400 years? Mm, powerful song from a powerful album with a great artist, Superstition. One of our favorites. Yeah, definitely one of our favorites. Here with a song called Black Bodies, produced by Praise. And as we mentioned, the powerful album by the name of Gold Standard, which I think was highly slept on last year. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was one featured on one of our episodes on the, the most slept on <laughs> albums of the year. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, cop that superstition. And, and uh, before that, we played a snippet of Black Alicious, home, homegrown UC Davis grads. Um, the, the name of the song is called Escape. The name of the album is called uh, Imani Volume 1. From last year glad to see them back they were gone for a minute um so i'm glad they reunited to do this go aggies yeah go aggies definitely <laughs> kdvs for sure um with that um, we wanted to thank everyone uh present there to hear us um and uh hopefully you're able to share this episode 
of ours. Thank you, Danielle, Eddie, Emma, and Sam um, for your uh, contributions to the episode. Um, really do appreciate you answering the questions uh, offered by the readings for the week and for the topic. Um, and particularly, we wanted to thank uh, Dr. Osumare for allowing us to have this continued discourse and conversation uh, real specific to the, the power and the medium that is hip-hop in, in uh, national and local um, uh, conversation. And um, the use of technology as we're doing at this moment with a podcast, I think it speaks for uh, we could really reach out to many people to have this continual conversation. Uh, the African liberation movement struggle in the 60s, that was a Portuguese term that was called a luta continua, the struggle continues. And it definitely still continues in, in the 21st century. Wow, powerful words. You know what? I feel a little guilty when I pay tuition to hear this. <laughs> Glaggies. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 right there. All worth uh, taking this course. So I try to share that with my students, and I learn from them and their generation and their their uh, millennial perspectives. And so I really feel that um, I gain as much from them as they do from me when I when I teach because. Um, I feel that if you're not learning, you're not teaching. Amen to that. And we really, really feel like we learned from them today and thank them for uh, very grateful for having them joining us on this podcast. And with that being said, uh, let's do some shameless plugs. <laughs> uh, you can follow us on Twitter at six in the morn at S-I-X-I-N-T-H-E-M-O-R-N or on Instagram at six in the morning show at six in the morning show. You can send us any free music or fan mail to six in the morning show at gmail.com. You can subscribe to the podcast either through our website at six in the morning.com or through Stitcher. Just look us up at under six in the morning. And that being said, thank you, Luis. Thank you. Thank you, Aggies. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much, doctor. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Well, I'm uh, uh, Dr. Halifu Osamare, and this is Six in the Morning. Word. Word.